Okay, thank you for hanging around for Q&A. Love you, Polly. I'm, I'm hoping we're on with this, so. We're on. Introduce yourself I'm, again. I'm, my name's Pat Russell, uh, so I'm taking the place of Noah again. Yes. And I do have an intro again. I, I, that's why I'm, last so, week I kind of stepped on it, so I'm wanting to just turn just, it over to you. I know how Noah works, and I'm trying to fill the space that he has uh, left for the time. So, so good afternoon. Uh, welcome to his place. And question and answer with Pastor Bruce. And Pat Russell. And Pat Russell. Uh, I'm not Noah, as you can tell, and that's okay, uh, because God has made me good enough. Polly, Polly, you can't stay in here and talk. <laughs> I think he's made me smart enough, and he loves me. So Say that again. I missed it's, it. Uh, I was know, busy kicking okay. Paul out. It's all good. So <laughs> The few of you that have watched that show before might get it. It's a little SNL takeoff. So. I missed it. I it's missed okay. it. I was, you can uh, watch it back. No. Right. You're as bad as Noah. It's, hey, that happens. So. Okay. But may I confess a few things? First, I want to confess that this is the principal of Mount Vernon Christian School. Correct. And I really love this guy. Well, and I love you too. In fact, so. I just told him this morning that I'm in love. So, I am too. It's it, it, it's just it's a it bromance. Works, so. It's official. <laughs> it happens. Okay. So that being said, uh, so last week I took over. Uh, for, took over. <laughs> I was in place. There's a of Freudian Noah. slip. Uh, and this week I got the call to come back, and uh, so it's kind of like when your dad gives you the car to the like to the legit car, not the, the 80, keys. You mean? Not the eighty-one. Yeah, the keys to the car. Not the 81 Honda, but the 66 Mustang. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. And you I did, was nervous last week. See, I don't know if people week. know. Um, Noah's got a COVID thing going in his household, and so he's just had to quarantine and been separate. He doesn't have it, but nonetheless, he's helping out his family. And so Pat got the call basically Saturday saying, hey, you've never done this, um, but could you just jump up tomorrow and do Q&A and host it? And I'm so proud of him because he just jumped right to it and did it. Well, I was so nervous last week. I'm still nervous because it's... Less than this week, right? a little bit less. So yeah. uh, I did apologize to Noah for sending him snarky text messages from March through last <laughs> week. And so... Oh, I, now I that you're the sell. guy that, that yeah, gets the Yeah, it's amazing. You know, so please text in. Uh, otherwise, I, may, I might have to make the intro go longer because I'm an <laughs> educator and I know how to do that. But... First question, and this one I, I think is a, it's about a three-part question. So okay. I'm going to try to read in the fullness and then maybe hit some of the parts. So okay. please expand on the difference between forgiveness, reconciliation, and full resolution. In the way that we use these words, they seem to fall along a continuum. If that is true, that's kind of the second part, uh, what is Jesus telling us to do? We can't control how others will respond. That's right. Reconciliation and resolution are not up to us alone. Do we have to honestly offer a path? So this is kind of the third part. Do we have to honestly offer a path to the restoration uh, of trust and a relationship that reconcilia reconciliation and resolution imply? <laughs> Let's start with the third part there. Yeah. No, in my list at the end when I just flew through and I said, forgiveness is not, the last thing I said, forgiveness is not trusting. Um, no. No, we really have to understand what forgiveness is. Um, and I've got a great... The, the thing is, this message wasn't on um, when someone else... You know, there's a whole other scripture where Jesus says, if you're at the altar and you there, you remember that your brother has something against you. There's a whole thing there too. It's the second half. This one was just about when you're mad at someone and you won't forgive them. So that's... I was really going down that line. But there's a great scripture where it says, uh, the people began to put their trust in Jesus, but Jesus put his trust in no man. 
for he knew the heart of all man. And you go, you go, well, isn't that the guy who loved us and died for us? Absolutely. But trust us? He knew better. So we, I was just talking to someone between services. A guy came up and he's got this, hasn't talked. I don't want to give details away, but there was a, a family split. And it's been years since they've communicated to two brothers. And uh, I said, well, today we're talking about your end of the deal. And I said, so if you want to cleanse your conscience, if you re- I said, it's tough to do. But if you want to, write a letter that is 100% pure where all you do is take responsibility for anything and everything that you know he's mad at you for. Even if he had 90% to do with it and you had 10%, you apologize for that 10% without, and, and you got to keep it pure, without going, but you, you know, just, and I know that I did this and it bothered you. I know, well, I, I did it because he, he said, and so list everything out that you know he in his heart of hearts would like to hear an apology for and apologize and let him know you love him and he says, well, I don't know if I can say I love him. And I said, so let's talk about your definition of love. Well, he starts talking about his definition of love. And I said, no, no, you're describing like. And I said, There's, we're to love our enemies. We're not to like them. They're our enemies. I don't like what they're doing. I can't, there's a few people I can't stand to be around. They're really negative or whatever. And I just don't like being around them. But I love them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Pharisees really got on Jesus' <laughs> nerves. And so we talk about the difference of what is love. Love is, I don't want harm to come to you. I don't want you to go to hell. I I really want God to bless you so that you will grow. So maybe you'll even come to me one day and ask for forgiveness. I want that on you. I want that blessing. He says, well, I I do that. And I said, well, there you go. So now you can say you love him. So just say everything everything that you're sorry for. Make it 100% clean and pure. It's just you taking responsibility. No hint of anything else and your love and send it. And don't expect anything in return. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it so that you can wake up the next morning and go, oh, I feel like there's a, a weight lifted. And he argued with me for a little bit, you know, blah, 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 yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And then I said, and I just kept saying, but if you do it, but if you just make yourself do it the next morning, and I kept saying the next morning, and finally he says, Oh, I know you're right. He says, I know I would. I'd wake up and just feel like there's been a ton lifted off me. And I said, that's what. Okay, so that was, so you're just not trusting. But this whole continuum, see, we, you, it's subjective. People use the words differently. But there's a huge difference between offering, you know, forgiving someone from your heart. And I love that Jesus takes it through those steps. And then he kind of ends with a Jesus riddle. And if they won't even listen to them, you treat them like a tax collector and a pagan. And we go, oh, good. Jesus says we should just hate him. (laughs) Really? You think Jesus is saying that? Especially when he's talking to Matthew, the tax collector there in the circle. They're all like, well, we treat Matthew pretty good. And so I love that Jesus is carrying it all the way through. That, and if there's absolutely no hope about any kind of resolution, they just won't listen. They're just stubborn and hard-headed and hard-hearted, and they're just awful, then love them. They're an enemy, so you love them. Yeah. Because that's how the world knows that God's on the throne. So there's that forgiveness you offer, even to an enemy. And then if you can, if, there's, uh, if the other person's willing, then you, you want to try to make reconciliation. Um, and then if there's some kind of 
you know, recompense, what do you call it, where you have restitution or something, this, then that's the final bit of that. And, and it, sometimes it requires having a couple impartial people come in and help you out. What was the second portion? I, I think it says, if that is true, what is Jesus telling us to do um, in regards to that timeline or that continuum? Uh, we can't control how others will respond. Right. And I think... I think you, and you that's what, that and so Jesus well, yeah. really steps it in. First, go to him like a brother. Point out his fault with love and sensitivity and grace because you're trying to win him over. Jesus is never saying hate him. No. <laughs> point the finger. And so go to them and try to win him over. And we, we fail that. Yeah. We get mad at someone and we hate confrontation. And it's like, oh, I'm never talking to that person again. It's like, well, have you told them that? No, I'm not talking to him ever again. And so, and so Jesus says, so first just do that much. Yeah. It'll probably just resolve. But if they won't listen, find a couple people that are better than you at communicating and that agree that, you know, your perspective is correct here, even though they may not agree 100 percent. And maybe they can get through. And if not that, go to the church. Yeah. Maybe the church can help. And if, if not that, then you just love them. And I think it's important to remind yourself, uh, oftentimes, I think in youth ministry and working with kids, we want we want to be. Christ to them, and when they reject Christ, we think it's a rejection of us as a leader or whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's still that rejection of Christ, and we have to get, and much the same right. is when we step out and we ask for forgiveness or we forgive, the job that we've, we've done the job that we're asked to do. Right, and we're doing it as gratitude to God. Correct, and I love that uh, that's, graciousness. That's versus, what makes it doable. Yeah, versus gratefulness, right? Right. And it, it always makes me think of, um, so I, I love in, in the athletics, I coach basketball, uh, the, the loving your enemy, right? Uh, not, not giving evil with evil, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, what does it say? Overcoming evil with good. Right. Um, you know, loving them is like uh, heaping burning coals. On I think that's for our sadistic kind of pleasure as Christians sometimes. Like, hey, that's kind of mean sounding. But um, let's go to the, the next one. Um, okay. And, and this is one, this is a question I have. Uh, you mentioned debts and trespasses. I think last week I mentioned, and that's how I learned it, you know, forgive our right. trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes. Can you go to, a little deeper in the difference or similarity? You mentioned sure. the There's differences. There's two different words. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason, like I grew up in a Lutheran church, Missouri Senate Lutheran church, and we said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it was hard for me to... to to come over to the debt side, but it goes back to two guys, Wycliffe and somebody else, I can't remember, and, and, and really the, the trespasses there is not a good translation of the words. Debt is the best translation for the word in the Lord's Prayer. But as soon as he's done and he returns to it, he switches the word and then trespasses is the best word. And it does, he, he's doing this on purpose, obviously. Uh, forgive them what they owe you. They owe you something. Oh, and forgive them where they've trampled on you, where they've, they've, they've crossed the line and went where they shouldn't have. And it really is the full spectrum of what we forgive. First, it's the people that, that didn't give us what they're supposed to, whatever that is. And then it's the people that gave us something they weren't supposed to. And so it's, it, it really covers the full spectrum. I, I like that. The, I like the difference in that. Um, mm-hmm. So this, I think, is coming from a guy we know normally up here. Uh, why, exa- uh, why exactly can God not uh, res- uh, reinstate debt? What if it's a new offense? Because the, the debt load that Jesus is talking about in this parable is the forgiveness of sins. You know, this is the, the, 
the trillion billion dollar debt that, that the father wiped away through the son on the cross. <clears throat> and we made this wonderful point a couple Sundays ago about the Jesus giving birth to the church on the cross. His body and blood poured out broken, but also we consume it like an infant with the umbilical cord because we're reborn. We're a new baby. Yeah. And so that's what that forgiveness accomplishes. There's, there is a big forgiveness where yeah. we come to the cross, we believe, Bridges. we're saved by, yeah. gra- by faith. How's that go? By grace through faith in Christ. And uh, you'd think I would have that down. <laughs> and, and now we're, we're a child. Now we're born. We're in the family. God's not going to, you remember when Nicodemus came and says, oh, what, do I go back in my mother's womb? God's not going to put you back in your mother's womb and say, you need to be reborn again. Once you're the child, you're now walking as a child and you're going to make messes and you're going to be rebellious and God will deal with that. And so he's not going to say, well, now you need to go back and be saved and be born again again. We don't see being born again again as a thing. What we see is a person uh, who pretended to be born again and wasn't. And then eventually you realize, well, they were never even a true yeah. believer. And Jude talks about that. These are those guys that they sit in your feast and they act like one of you, but they're trees twice dead and they're or stumps twice dead and, and clouds without rain wandering the skies. And so there's those. And uh, depending on if you're Calvinist or, or the other one, Arminian. Arminian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then there's the people who believe that uh, you cross a line and you renounce your faith and you maybe were, but it's not even worth discussing because yeah. it's all about are you. And, and so to answer that question specifically, so the reinstatement of a debt or something when a new offense is, well, that's the, we made that point last week, that's when you're making a mess. Yeah. And so, yeah, you make a new mess all the time and that mess has to be individually dealt with and so there is a new forgiveness that has to be and a new price to pay for every new mess you make. And it might come with consequences, yeah. but he's not going to make you be re-reborn. Well, you talked today about the diaper, right? You know, yeah. you clean the mess and another mess is occurring while you're cleaning the mess. And this is <laughs> for some of us that resonates a little this bit. An, this analogy close, really works. Yeah, it just correct. keeps working. Um, and I just, you know, so I think it's Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, right? For us by grace. That's the, the grace piece that you're talking about. But, uh, I don't know. And then I think Scripture. Second Corinthians 5.17 is the new creation one. So it was a 2, 8 through 9 is the for us by grace you've been saved, not oh, by yourselves, but of God. Not through your own understanding, but through... Uh, I'd have to I don't have it memorized. Yeah, we try. Um, there's another one here. Uh, thank you for sending in texts, by the way. Uh, so do we need to personally acknowledge to someone that we forgive them, or is it better just to forgive them in our hearts? Second part says 12-step programs teach that it can be hurtful to bring up old wounds to people. Uh, They may be very resentful to our efforts. No, I think that's a wonderful point. When you're talking about your bitterness that they might not even be aware of, you're the one with the sin here. You go, yeah, but they sinned against me, and that's why. No, 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 sorry. That's a whole separate issue. And if you want to make reconciliation and they're open to that, great. But right now, we're talking about you hanging in the torture, the tormenting prison. Holding on to that. Yeah. Holding on to that because you've stuck them in that little prison of unforgiveness. Jesus is saying, you have to forgive them in your heart. Now, if there's a possibility of, of uh, reconciliation, you should yeah. pursue that. What you shouldn't do, and I see, I see believers do this, and it just makes a mess, 
where you've been holding on to something so long and it is so meaningful to you, and I'm not making fun, it really is. You, that this for, you finally forgive and tears and the Lord's mm-hmm. helped me, I finally forgive this person. And it's so monumental to you that you almost can't imagine not letting them know what I just did for you. It's like you didn't do it for them. That's like you're hitting a guy in the face every day, and then you finally realize, I should stop doing that. You know what? You owe me a huge thank you because I've stopped hitting you in the face. And it's like they don't really, they're not going to be that appreciative because from their perspective, well, why have you been holding this against me? I'm the one in the right. So I, I don't think just because you have a bitterness that you deal with that you're supposed to then go tell the person that I had a bitterness, but I dealt with it, so you're good. I don't think so. However, if in dealing with that bitterness, you now re- it's genuine, and you now realize I should try and make reconciliation with a person, start there. And that will start not with you saying you forgive them. That will start with you trying to understand what you need to ask for forgiveness. Because yeah. there's that other Jesus scripture, if you're at the altar and there you remember that someone holds something against you, leave it. Go make reconciliation happen. Well, I think sometimes, too, you, you recognize maybe in your life who you've maybe um, been, uh, like you've shunned or you've kind of kept away, right, because of this that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I had a time where, you know, I, I went to somebody and I said, you know, I'm sorry if I have not been a true friend or if I've been a jerk. And the person's like, no, you've been fine. I'm like, oh, See, and you're goodness. apologizing. <laughs> You're, that's very different from Correct. going to someone saying, hey, hey, I forgave you. I, you might want to know this. <laughs> I forgave punk, you for being such you. a yeah. jerk. Yeah. It's like, that don't help. <laughs> let's, let's get, there's a few more. Um, okay. I will pass on um, what uh, Noah said. He, he, uh, he says he forgives you for those means with John and you. So, uh, oh, so that's I think wonderful. he's uh, showing us. Yeah. You know what I forgot to mention second service? I sat yeah. down and went, oh, I forgot to mention that I often have to ask for forgiveness after those meetings. John, John will tell you this is all true. I just get so, and really I've realized it's just I'm so mad at myself that I'm blind to, you know, something's not working and I can't see an answer and I just get mad at everyone. But I often have had to, in those moments, mm-hmm. this doesn't happen a lot, but it, it's not uncommon. And uh, in those times, I usually have to end by saying, I'm sorry I got heated. And So this one goes back to the first um, text I, I wrote where we were talking, please expand on the difference between, there's a follow-up there. And, and it says, Paul says about uh, on, uh, Onesimus, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. Philemon 118. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Is he modeling how Christ treats us? What is Paul saying to Philemon? Um, well, he's trying to shame him. Actually, if you read the whole thing, <laughs> I mean, in a, ha- in a good way, because they're really good friends. Yeah. And so he says a couple almost, not, not joking, but, but humorous things about, and I know that this is going to probably make you feel like I have one up on you, and you're probably going to want to outdo me and, and, and uh, send him along with gifts and not charge me. And so there's a Got whole it. thing going. It's a fun, playful thing going on. But basically, he wants... Uh, he wants uh, Onesimus to come and be with him, and he knows that this is this guy's worker. And he's like, uh, "What's it going to take? I want this guy to be with me. If he owes you, put it on my tab." It's just he's basically uh, trying to buy the good grace of uh, Philemon so that he can take Onesimus along as his uh, partner in so the gospel. 
I think that, so I have another question that I put in here. Um, say I'm a new Christian or back in church after a while uh, away, or I'm new to being back in God's word. Uh, how do I know or learn to read the master as Lord? So that was one part there. We're, we're reading the master and, <clears throat> and you're like, well, that's the Lord. And I think sometimes in reading scriptures, you know, we take it literal or we, we look at the figurative piece and we don't know when and, and where as we're first learning. What are some of the things that, that may help folks reading their scripture to say, okay, I can apply this as master, Lord, here's why. Um, <clears throat> it really just involves getting to know the stories. And, you know, for me, after a while, all of a sudden I want to read them in different translations. And so then you read a translation like, wait, why are they calling him Lord here, because yeah. I've always seen it was master. And so that's where I got this. I, I went, wait, is this the same word? So then I go to Blue Letter Bible and online, and you look it up, and, well, it's the same exact word. And see, I have kind of a problem. There's Bibles out there that are more literal, yeah. but then they're harder to read. But I wish sometimes that the translators wouldn't go so far in trying to help us, you know, see, like, see, this isn't the Lord. The, the word Lord means yeah. master. That's just what it means. And so they try to reserve the word Lord for the Lord. And it's like, but if he's making a parable where he's using his title, I kind of want to know that. Yeah. And so, and sometimes they'll call Jesus, you know, the translation will say master. And you go to another translation that's Lord. Well, and it's appreciative. Have you ever been uh, to church and you've seen his notes? He has, uh, I think you have the K, uh, New King James Version, you have the oh. ESV, you have the NIV, you have some other. It, it's, uh, and I I'll you... often give you little references mm-hmm. in the notes because I expect people, I'm throwing so much information so fast. And that's why I print the, the transcripts out. Because then you can go look those up yeah. and follow them through. And I'll jump around in a few trusted translations because somebody will just say it yeah. better. It's like, oh, you just nailed that line. And Well, I remember like the message came out when I was like in high school. And I was a Young Life guy. And I loved the, the term, and God moved into the neighborhood in, in John 1, right? Um, Jesus became flesh. Mm-hmm. And as a young person, I was like, okay. It, that's my job, right? Is to move into the neighborhood, to be, you know, and this will lead into the mentor piece to, to kind of be the essence, the fragrance of Christ to those around me. And I, and I like that. But I remember, you know, you then you go to college and uh, they're like, oh, the message, you know, I can't, you know, we right, can't right. read that. The can't way. preach from it. Um, that being said is uh, I'd love to hear more in regards um, to the mentor component. Because uh, it says, you mentioned, uh, where is it? Our master I, mentor? Yes, I love the term mentor and seeing God as a mentor. Uh, how do we seek his mentorship in our life? And you've said it from the poll before. I don't want the church to know you more. I want the church to know Christ more, right? right? The congregation. Right. Um, the stories of Bruce, although great, I want the stories of Christ right. to It's be, one of the biggest yeah. uh, complaints I get is I don't do enough personal stories up here. And people want to relate to me. And so they want to hear about you know the things in my life and... I just don't, I don't, I got 25 minutes, basically. Uh, sometimes I'll take a little more. But I have 25 minutes to talk about the Lord and the Bible, and I just, uh, which is why it was so fun to have Noah show people behind the scenes in my house, and that was the reason we did that, because I wanted, like, well, I'm just going to stuff as much of me down your throats as I can during this COVID time. Now, you, and I had a lot of people say, I feel like I know you now. Yeah. Is it great? And it didn't take up a minute of my sermon time. You go to his house, if you ever have the chance to go to his house, one time, I've been there one time, 
And it doesn't answer every question. It just provides more questions. Uh, so I have years of questions. At the same time, it gives you insight of the heart behind a lot of what we hear on Sunday, which is I, I, I appreciate. Um, what, what were you asking about mentor? So the ment- I, I just I um, so often we we mentor out of a. Uh, because somebody mentored us, so mm-hmm. we want, you know, Kai Griffin was my young life leader. Kylie's named after Kai, so he was a mentor in my life, my dad. Um, but we, uh, this just hit me today, is like, you know, Christ, God's our mentor. Jesus, yeah. And you mentioned the standing in front of him or the, the coming into dad, you know, I went over to visit my parents. Um, just getting a hug in, in COVID is so unique nowadays. And just the ability to have, you know, my dad hug me, it's just, it's fantastic. And I know I think that mentor piece, sometimes we think, oh, this person or that person, but it just kind of changed the perspective, which I appreciate. Uh, um, John, Pastor John and I went through the Lord's Prayer, well, with Noah, too. Yeah. I think Noah was there. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, and we were breaking it down because I noticed that these are like all the different personalities, not personalities, that's the wrong word, um, and not titles, but the the... What do you call it? Like the the perspective to see him like he is the righteous judge, but he is our dad, but he is our creator, uh, but he is our king, uh, but he is our Lord and master, but he is our savior and he is our redeemer, our rescuer, you know. And so I said, I think each one of these lines is specific and I had a bunch of them. And so we went through and I said, well, what's this one? Mm -hmm. And I remember this specifically uh, because it came to the as we forgive uh, our debtors. And I went, so I get, you know, this is our judge, our righteous judge. Forgive me. You know, boom, okay, forgiven. Uh, but then as we forgive our debtors, I, it's not even really too, and, and we thought a little bit, and John said, um, well, that would be our mentor, because yeah. we're just, we're being like him. We're doing what he didn't. Yeah, that's missing from here. Our rabbi, our teacher, our mentor, our instructor. And, you know, you look at all those scriptures about, hey, a student's not above his teacher, and and Jesus calls us children because that's what they called pupils, mm-hmm. students, or children, uh, one of these little ones. Padawans, and so, if you're a Star Wars guy. <laughs> and so I really, I, I, once I saw that word, uh, you know, and the truth behind it, I realized that was missing. Yeah. And there it is. And so I wanted to get that in today. We stand there before the judge and say, forgive me. And then we lean into our mentor and say, <laughs> and so now help me do it because I got to be like yeah. you. I, I, I appreciate that. I think this probably be, um, what else uh, would you recommend for someone who still struggles to hear the Lord despite being in the Bible and desiring daily pray, uh, uh, praying for his best leading for our lives? Um, be around other people. Look, look for one or two people whose life... Uh, no one's perfect, but kind of personifies what you want to become, what you want to grow into. Somebody who looks like they do hear God to a degree you don't. Yeah. Um, get around them. Uh, talk to them about your questions to God. Keep reading his word, putting it inside of your heart. Keep talking to him first and foremost. But get plugged into either a, a, a group or, a, or get with a person and start running things past people. I think of anything I've ever done in my life uh, that was like a, you know, a, a small business or, or a hobby or making something that I hadn't done before. 
Yeah. I read about it. I looked at my plans. And then I just found people that had done it. And I just, hey, can we go talk? And can I sit down with you? Can I pick your brain? And you're talking. And they've got all this wisdom. You're going, oh, I can't wait till I learn to just understand it. And so be around people who are ahead of where you are, but are at kind of more the direction you want to go. Don't look for perfection. Just look for help. And uh, take him out to coffee and uh, see if he can't run some of your things past him because the Lord speaks through people. Yeah. When he can't speak directly to us. That's about all the texts yeah. I have. And we're Look a couple it. minutes over, so it's, oh, mm-hmm. wait, Kent, in the room. Do you want to bring up that 70? Because I heard other people ask. Oh, yeah. The, 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 some translations say uh, 77 times. Some say 70 times 7. Yeah. Uh, let's say it's 77, 7 times 7. 70 times 70. And 77 fold. times, yeah, or 77 fold. Um, and it's because basically the wording is so uh, ambiguous. It's the word 70 and the word 7, and it can be used all those different ways. And in different places, like in Daniel, where he talks about the 77s and 70 weeks, and, and the one, of course, that I quoted from the beginning. Um. But you realize in this passage, it's not about the numbers. You know, that's kind of Jesus' point. He's throwing out these big numbers and stuff. And, and so if you're looking for which one's the right translation, nobody really agrees on that. Um, I, my personal feeling is if and when the day ever comes that we harmonize the Old Testament that maybe it's those types of things that will become very obvious. Like, oh, I see the whole 77 thing that's got a thread all the way through. But for right now, it's still broken up. And so all I did was I looked for, because when I saw the whole 7 and the 77 back in the beginning, where it's the first vengeance of God, and now we're talking about, you know, taking vengeance and forgiveness, I just looked for a translation that at least kept those consistent so I could... Yeah. Parallel them. It's like three, seven, ten, forty. I mean, hundred, right? If you if you get too caught up, but it is good to look into it yeah. as well. So, yeah. uh, that's about okay. all I have. Did that answer it? Okay. Uh, love you all, and uh, Noah, come home someday, but not too soon. So, and <laughs> not till you're you're ready. Agreed. So, thank you. Bye.